Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Thank you all for staying. You may be seated. In today's extra credit, we'll be going over the archetypes and two example builds for the Brawler class. Now, the Brawler is the class we just spoke about. It is the unarmed fighter, the mixture of the monk and the fighter classes. So the first archetype we'll be going over is the Exemplar. And this is probably one of the strangest archetypes I've ever seen. It takes Brawler, which I consider a glass cannon, full BAB class, martial fighter, and it turns it much more into a support-based class. It's difficult to describe, so I'm just going to go right into what they get. So kind of reminds me of a Paladin Cavalier. How so? Because like the Paladin can, like, everyone... A better will saves against fear, and they're all like, "Yay!" That's by the way exactly how you have to role play it. And then uh, <laughs> the cavalier has his banner. Okay, yeah. So first thing, right off the bat, which is kind of weird for the brawler, is they lose unarmed strike. One of the things that are replaced is unarmed strike. So right there, you're kind of losing a lot of the brawler flavor. You're not punching people unless you get the improved unarmed strike feat. It's not really part of the class anymore. But you get a machine gun, so it's a good trade. <laughs> yeah. Exemplar, you, uh... <laughs> Exodia! So, Exodia, is what I meant to say. Instead of arm strike, you get the ability to expend a use of martial flexibility to remove the flat-footed condition from all allies within about 30 feet. So that's that's a pretty neat ability. If you have high initiative, you go first in the round, and you, you, know, you could probably see the initiative order. You know your allies are going to be flat-footed against attacks. You can expend... A use of martial flexibility to remove that from them. I, w- I was going to say, you just get everything you can get to be the first person to go. Get all improved initiative, get those traits that give you initiative, get your decks to a million. <laughs> and this is really interesting because I think this is the only, from what I know, this is the only way to remove flat-footed from your allies. I don't think any other spell, any other class ability has ever done something like that. Very unique, not in any other class. So now that I don't have an armed strike, what can I use? Uh, the brawler was proficient with all simple weapons and then a handful of martial weapons like hand axes. So pretty much it just means if ever I'm unarmed, I'm less effective. But in normal battle, you'll be armed with what you want, so you'll be pretty okay. Right. Uh, close weapons is what they got. They got proficiency with all close weapons. Gotcha. And in the simple weapons is the long spear, which isn't a terrible weapon to have. It has reach. So So if you pick this, don't get kidnapped. And then, oh no, I don't have my equipment anymore. I have to try to survive with just my fists. You could still take a, you could take the feed and prove it on strike, but... This is true, this is true. Look at you thinking outside the box. Don't give it to me, I'll take it. So at level 3, they lose maneuver training and the AC bonus. If you remember, the move, maneuver training is when you pick one type of combat maneuver and you are slightly better at it and you have a better defense against it. So instead of getting those two things, you become a bard. <laughs> this is this is really strange. You get Inspire Courage, Inspire Greatness, or eventually you get Inspire Greatness and Inspire Heroics like a bard of your level minus two. So you get a slightly weaker Inspire Courage in other bardic performances. You don't need a perform skill to use these. You're just so cool and charismatic that it just works for you. You just say, I'm Inspiring Courage, and everyone's like, okay, yeah, we got it. We're going behind this guy. I have to read this quote. Instead of the perform skill... She activates this ability with impressive flourishes and displays of martial talent. This uses visual components. Ooh. I just punched this guy's face with his own skull. Oh, I'm inspired. (laughs) 
So right there, we've just lost two, we've lost an attack-based thing, and we've lost a defense and attack-based thing, and we've gotten two support-based abilities. Which makes sense. If you're supporting, you're not as into the battle as most people. Right. Now, at level 5, they lose Brawler Strike, which is their ability to treat their fists like magic or cold iron or whatever it may be to overcome DR. Instead, they get the Tactician ability like a Cavalier, this is really cool for them to get because you can use your martial flexibility to pick any teamwork feat you qualify for and then give it to your allies. So you can customize your teamwork feats to whatever the situation calls for at that moment. Interesting. And teamwork feats aren't as versatile as it's like spells and such. There's not a teamwork feat for every situation. But it's still nice that you can get one for whatever you're doing at the moment. We talked earlier about, like, this whole guy's thing is flexibility. He can keep, like, I'm going to shoot you my feet whenever I want. This is, like, he's so flexible. He's like, I'm a bard and I'm a cavalier and look at me. <laughs> and look at this. I have this thing no one else has. I am the best. Clerics, get out of here. Like, overall, this I feel like this archetype's really weird because, like, I feel like I'm wasting my full BAB because I don't really get much reward for getting into combat. It's mostly the support, but I don't have, like, spells. This is all I get, which is they're pretty good overall. I'd say Power Gamers probably not going to pick this build, but it's definitely very flavorful. Definitely. And I personally, I love Bards. I love Inspire Courage. So this is probably one I would personally consider. I run serious campaigns, so I think Bards are the lamest things ever. Oh my gosh. I I did manage to make what I think is a cool Bard. All Bards are cool. In the, uh, you guys will hear in Trailblazers, it'll be a while before you meet him, but there's a guy, and I think he's cool. And you'll know him. I'll get, here's, here's the hint. You'll know him because he's the first League of Le- Legends reference I've ever made in any freaking one of my things because League of, Le- League, of Le- League of Legends is inferior. There, I said it. I just lost 500 subscribers. Inferior to what? StarCraft all the way, my friend. <sighs> We're not getting into this right now. Bards are, bards are amazing. See, You're wrong I can see front, the subscriber number <laughs> dropping as we talk about Caleb, this. Caleb, no, take it back. <laughs> Never. Riot is an amazing company. <laughs> Her- Heroes of the Storm is better in every way. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. That's, that's the funny thing about people in video games, and it's like since people play uh, RPGs, you like what you like, and you can support each other. If Dark Heresy does well, that's good for all RPGs. Maybe you know it's not your horse in the race. It's you know as Pathfinder people like we really hope that Pathfinder becomes the best. But everyone helps each other as they as they get out and they make we call it more awareness out there of people who want to play RPGs. As long as you're having fun, man, right? And not hurting people. Yeah, as long as my bard's having fun, but apparently that's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) The next brawler archetype. What is this? Bard brawler? (laughs) Uh, No, the mutagen mauler. And and before even reading anything, it sounds like he's going to be taking some things from the alchemist. You got that right, Caleb. This is one of those classes, like, they did the same archetype for fighter, actually, where I think it's just called mutagen fighter or something like that, where you lose one of your class abilities and you get a mutagen. Which screams one level dip, but anyway. <laughs> At level one, the mutagenic mauler gets a mutagen like an alchemist. They treat their brawler level as their alchemist level, and they can drink a mutagen. Uh, they also have the ability later on to take some alchemist discoveries, like feral mutagen and things like that. But that's limited, right? You can't just pick, I want the tumor and two extra arms. Right, they, they, have a, they, they have a small list they could pick from. Right, right. For this, they lose martial flexibility, which is probably, I think, one of their biggest class features yeah, yeah. that really define the brawler. So you're still punching people, 
and you still are kind of that glass cannon, but now instead of being able to be really versatile and being able to pick feats at your will, instead you're going to drink a mutagen and your strength is going to be higher, your dex is going to be higher, your con is going to be a lot higher, and your AC is going to be higher. So you're going to be just like stronger in general, but you're going to, you're losing versatility for that. That feels weird. I feel like that archetype you just talked about with the fighter does the same thing. Why did we need that on the brawler as well if you're losing martial flexibility? The thing that really makes him different than the fighter. It does get a little bit more support later on. At level 4, you lose the AC bonus, which isn't a big deal because the mutagen gives you natural armor, so you're already kind of better in the AC department. When you drink your mutagen, you get various bonuses when you drink it, like you get a higher speed or you might get dark vision. You get all these little things that you get and you scale up over time. Okay. And this, this is all the archetype gets. It's a very simple archetype, and it's a very straightforward one. Shield Champion. I actually built somebody as soon as this book came out, and I'm like, oh, I want this. This is the Captain Captain America throws his mighty shield, <laughs> and it bounces off of nine different people. Like, you're playing pinball with the heads of your opponents, right? I actually built this, and I'll, take, I'll talk about what I thought about it after I built it, after we go over it. It's, it's, it's probably the most rule-heavy of all these archetypes, because they're, they're trying to rules about, you can bounce your shield off of this, but not off of this, it can't go around a quarter, but it can do this, this is all sorts. So all the stuff is about how it works, but essentially you're giving up your oh. proficiencies to get proficiency with shields. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. You, you, lose. you lose most of your maneuver trainings, which is your, you know, training in CMB and CMD with certain maneuvers. I think you get one of them. I forget at which level, and you also lose Brawler's Strike, which is your ability to count your fists as magic. So overall, you're not really losing a lot, and you're getting the ability to throw your shield around, which is really fun and really flavorful. And the really interesting thing about it is that you can throw it as part of the Brawler's Fury, so you can hit like nine different people. That's how you calculate how many times it can bounce. When I built it, it actually was really weak. Maybe I just didn't build him right, but I built it, I'm like, I'm doing barely any damage. This is... Really pathetic. I think there's actually a really specific item this archetype needs. It's called the Belt of Mighty Hurling or something like that. Usually when you throw a weapon, its damage is based on your strength modifier, and the attack roll is based on your dex modifier. The Belt of Mighty Hurling allows you to apply your strength bonus to the attack roll as well as the damage roll. So you could focus entirely on strength, and maybe that would help. Okay. That, you're also going to need to take stuff like point blank shot and deadly aim because you're technically using a ranged weapon and not your fists. Right. The cool thing, there's one cool thing about this is that like, if anyone's ever played Hearthstone, there is uh, was it world? No, what's the blade? Bouncing blade. You can do that with this. <laughs> you can hit somebody, bounce off the wall, and hit them again as long as you have enough um, range left because every time you move, it uses range. Uh, so bing, ping, 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 ping. You're just playing. You're just hitting off the walls, keeping in the sky. That that can make for some comedy. Yeah, this is definitely a flavor over power archetype. You know, if you want to be the person throwing your shield back and forth, bouncing off people's heads, tripping people with your shield, then you pick this archetype. Like we said, though, it's pretty rules-heavy. Like, you look at the description for how to throw the shield, it's like a page long. Right. Uh, makes sense, though, that you still have your ability to like take those combat man- use combat maneuvers with the shield, right? Mm-hmm. So you can trip and things with it. That's cool. Yeah. I will say the art for her is awesome. Go look it up. She's throwing a shield, and it's cool. And she doesn't have a stupid helmet. 
That stupid, stupid helmet. <laughs> you hate that helmet it's so stupid. much. Stupid. It's stupid. Well, I'm sorry she's protecting her head. Like, unlike every other iconic. <laughs> right, right. In Mortal Kombat every day of their lives, but they can't put a damn helmet on. Speaking of Mortal Kombat, talk about something that is really guilty of, like, here's female armor. <laughs> so, like, what do they think cleavage is, like, impenetrable? If I show as much as possible, I'll bounce every, every, those shields just bounce right off me. <laughs> Cassie Cage. <laughs> oh, she's the best, by the way. I'd marry her if she was real. Sorry, Tori. <laughs> All right, so the next archetype is the Snakebite Striker. This is a rogue theme archetype. I wish, I wish, like, for this, it was something like, like, Snakebite Striker. You get a shark as a pet. Like, something completely <laughs> different. <laughs> At first, it sounds like you get, like, hidden snakes in your sleeves, and when you punch people, you open your palm, and you... Right, your right, snake right, opens right, up right. his mouth and you bite him and you're like, oh, did you punch me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you get a shark and it's like, it's not a big shark. He fits in like a fishbowl and you carry it around like, this is my shark. <laughs> and people are like, oh, that's so cute. And then they die. <laughs> you, tr- you trick them into trying to pet it and then it eats their hand. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that bit, did it drop blood? No, it didn't drop blood, but, but that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so at level one, you get a slowly progressing sneak attack in exchange for your martial flexibility. So you're basically losing your iconic class feature for the rogue's iconic class feature, except at a slower pace. At level 3, you get the ability to feint more efficiently in combat, and for this you lose maneuver training. It's uh, When you take a move action, you can feint as part of the move action, and if you have improved feint, you can kind of feint as a free action. Overall, you're better at feinting, which means you probably want improved feint for this build. Uh, this... Other class-defining feature called Opportunist is really cool. It's actually a rogue advanced talent. Is that right? Yes, it's Opportunist is the name of the uh, rogue talent, and it acts the same exact way. Hmm, interesting. Which is hitting people as an attack of opportunity long as one of your allies already hit them earlier. That's cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, whenever your allies hit them, it invokes an attack of opportunity for you, from you, but you can only do it once a round. Get, um... Which is, if you're flanking... And your ally hits them, and then you provoke an attack of opportunity because you're flanking, and then you're getting your sneak attack off at the same time. Yeah. This is good to get uh, whatever that feat is that lets you get multiple attacks of opportunity because that way you don't spend your only attack of opportunity for that round on the uh, Combat reflexes. There you go. Uh, that, that last thing, you get it at level 11, and it replaces more maneuver trainings. So I think you lose most of them, if not all of them, for this stuff. This isn't a big deal. Since you have sneak attacks, you probably want to be hitting people anyway. I actually kind of like it. It's pretty good. I mean, I like this one. Yeah, if you want sneak attack and you want to be an unarmed fighter, no reason not to get this. It's a pr- they're pretty strong trade-offs, and, you know, it, it fits its own flavor pretty well. Now, Christian, what, what is this nickname you have for the Steel Breaker I see here in our notes? McSunder McPissed your GM off. <laughs> Why is that? Because the Steelbreaker, as its name suggests, is all about sundering. Snakes. The... That's the snake one we were talking about earlier. It's all about snakes. Yes, yes, this is it. <laughs> we found it. But no, it, it is, it's not a lot. There's only like two mechanics here, but it is focused on sundering, which, as we talked about in many of our other episodes, 
probably the least fun mechanic because there's so many numbers involved, like the thickness of the armor you're trying to right. sunder and the material it's made out of and whether or not it's enchanted and whether or not you deal half its hit points and damage to inflict the broken condition. And the broken condition changes based on whether it's armor or a weapon or an item. And it's just annoying overall. But if you have a GM who's okay with that you, and you really want to punch things and break them, then this is the archetype you want to take. Just remember, when you start using Sunder... Your GM will start having your opponents use Sunder, and when your magic items break, they're not magic anymore. So keep that in mind if you want to bring this one up. Also, if you want to bring... You want to go there, huh? Do you want to go here, Christian? Do you want to go here? Because I can go here. Whenever you bring in a mechanic like this into a game, note that as a GM, I say, like, I'm going... I need you as the player to tell me sometimes how this works. Like, I don't have the time to look up the table... I don't have the time to look up all the rules. Like, if you're going to sunder something, you tell me what you're doing. Be sure of what you're saying and tell me what I have to know. Like, okay, I'm making a sunder attempt against this guy. If I beat this number, then I'm going to deal this much damage minus its hardness. The, the good thing here is that once you get to level 5, you get an ability that lets you ignore hardness in DR. So that is less math. So the mechanics are at level 3, you get maneuver training, except it's for both sunder and disarm maneuvers, and that's all you ever get. So you get two when you would normally get one, but then you only ever get those two. At level five, you get what is kind of like a study mechanic. You spend like a move action to study someone, and you make some special little check that I think they have written down there. So in order to study the opponent or object, you need to make a wisdom check. So 1d20 plus your wisdom versus a DC of 10 plus the object's hardness or the enemy's CR, which is a, that's a pretty tough check. You know, minimum hardness something is going to have is five. And as a brawler, I mean, how much wisdom are you going to have? Probably like 14 at most, so you get a plus two. So you're rolling 1d20 plus two, and you got to beat like a minimum of 15. That's pretty hard. That's a pretty hard check. Yeah. No, I was wrong. This is a swift action. And you're basically locating a weak point in the creature or the object. If you succeed at that wisdom check, you get a plus two on your attack rolls against that object or creature until the end of your turn, and any attacks you make ignore the creature's uh, DR or the object's hardness. Now, there's two different stances here. You can either do that one where you ignore the DR or the hardness, which is actually, that's really strong. If you succeed at that and you completely ignore someone's DR, that's a pretty strong effect. Instead of making that wisdom check and getting the bonus against their DR or hardness, You can study someone within 30 feet as a swift action, and you're analyzing their movements and expressions. When you do this, you get a bonus on sense motive checks and reflex saving throws, as well as a dodge bonus to AC against that opponent equal to half your brawler level until the start of your next turn. So the sense motive one, that's pretty interesting, because I feel like that's basically shoehorning you into taking the snake-style uh, unarmed feet chain where you can use sense motive as your AC. Oh, I don't even know about that. Yeah, that's interesting. interesting. I just find it strange that they would give you sense motive. So this this is like a wisdom-based one almost as well. Yeah, weird. Because sense motive scales off of wisdom and your check scales off of wisdom. And, but you're not a monk, you're a brawler. So this this is definitely a strange one. But all you're losing is brawler strike and maneuver training so if you like those mechanics i see no reason not to take it actually yeah strangler all right so i had mentioned before with the blood rager and i have to mention again 
This is one of the archetypes that I feel like Paizo did not think all the way through. There's straight up a broken mechanic in here. I shouldn't say broken, but there's like, they remove an ability that you need to make this archetype work. So the whole thing about Strangler is as it sounds, you grapple someone, and then you strangle them. So how does it achieve this? At level 1, whenever you grapple or pin somebody, you deal sneak attack damage. You don't really have sneak attack, but whenever you grapple or pin them, you deal sneak attack damage like a rogue of your level. You don't get it when you're flanking, you don't get it when your opponent's flat-footed, you only get it when you grapple or pin an opponent. Now, in exchange for this, then this is the big problem I have with this archetype, is that you lose unarmed strike in order to get this ability. Which isn't so bad because you could take the feet, but you lose Brawler's Fury as well. Flurry as well. No, the big reason that this is actually dumb to lose is that, you know, this is based on grappling, like we said, right? So you probably want to take improved grapple, right? In greater grapple, they seem like feats you'd want to take with this archetype. The prerequisite for improved grapple is improved unarmed strike. So they just they just put you a feat back for, I feel, no good reason. Hmm. They don't even put in, like, a stipulation like, hey, you can take improved grapple without improved unarmed strike. So they remove it, but then basically force you to take it back again, which I feel like isn't fair. Why would, why would they do that? I'm not too upset about it. Just pick a human. Bonus feat. Everyone's always a human. <laughs> Be something interesting. Well, if you're going to pick the strangler, I guess it should be human. I mean, it, it's, you, it's just so weird. Like, like you I, call, I, you can call yourself Animal Lecter. This is perfect. You can dine on only the the fanciest of society. <laughs> Drink only the finest wines. Strangle only the finest people. Let, let, let's look at the rest of their mechanics. At level two, you take no, you take less penalties when you grapple someone, and you eventually are going to take no penalties when you grapple somebody. And this is in place of your AC bonus feature. I can't think of anything else that does this. Is there anything else that gives the... the uh, there's place? a fighter archetype that does it, and I think there might be, like, a relief... There's a feat, like, really deep in the grapple chain that might do it, but yeah, this is... This is 20 a, feet in! <laughs> this is a really early uh, chance to get it, and taking no penalties is pretty strong for grappling, because the penalties for grappling are pretty steep. Right. You can find out exactly how steep on our combat episode in Extra Credit. At level 4, you still get the knockout f- class feature, but the only time you can use the knockout class feature is when you pin an opponent. Instead of making that standard action to punch someone and trying to knock them out, whenever you make the pin combat maneuver against someone is when you apply knockout and they have to make the fort save. It's essentially like you have them a sleeper hold and they just pass out. Now, this is the really flavorful thing they get. At level 16, you can make a grapple check against a pinned opponent at a minus 5 to your check. And if you succeed at that check, you break their neck, and they have to make a fortitude save or die. Nice. Uh, this is replacing Awesome Blow. I'm fine with that. And level 16? All right, so the way I see that at level 16 is that's really good if you get, like, a caster. If you get up to a caster... I got the Lich in a headlock. <laughs> yeah. Well, Liches, don't have, they're undead. They don't have to make fort saves. You have to remember, this is dependent on the fort save. Sorry, I had the dragon in a headlock. <laughs> fort save. Dragons have insane fort... Are you ever going to grapple a dragon? They're, with this archetype, every time. Their CMD is like 50. I'm sorry. All I hear is grapple him more. Yes, please. <laughs> so I, re- so, I don't so, listen to my GMs. <laughs> I don't think this is a good idea. I grapple the dragon. Oh, I think maybe you should. And I grapple the dragon. <laughs> I really have a problem with this archetype, mostly because the, the improved on our strike thing really bothers me. They take it away, and then they say, hey, you know what? Go pick it on your own. We're not going to give it to you. 
you had it, we took it away, but you still need it. That yeah. bothers me fundamentally. Um, also, level 16, go ahead, try and grapple something at level 16 and tell me how that goes. <laughs> you know, CR 16 creatures, they're CMDs, you know, as long as you're not fighting, like, a wizard or something. You're usually fighting, like, huge, gigantic beasts by then, or demons. Their CMDs are in, like, the 50s. But if you get all the feats, won't you be help, won't that help it out? Yeah, but now you're, they, st- they set you back in the feats. Because you have to take another one in order to get the, all the grapple stuff. I I, also, I just feel like this archetype is a one-trick pony. Christian really hates this archetype, so now, all of a sudden, I really love it. Debate! Intergraphic fire! <laughs> all of a sudden, a guy comes out of the ground. All right, today's debate will be between... <laughs> I mean, you still got your maneuver training, but... I'm not as upset as you are. That sounds fun. It's a one-trick pony. I don't like one-trick ponies. All it does yeah. is grapple. That's a, that's a fair point. But I like the idea of just being like, shh, 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 go to sleep. Yeah, and I love that. I love that flavor, and I love that idea, but I feel like mechanically it just doesn't apply. Go ahead, try and pin something. Pinning something is also incredibly difficult. The next one (laughs) is called Wild Child. Which is one of those misnomer names because it has nothing to do with being wild, and it has nothing to do with being a child. But the picture here is, like, from Mad Max 2. Guys, literally, guys, 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 literally, guys, literally... It has the same dog that was in Mad Max 2 next to a kid that looks just like the kid from Mad Max 2. But what's this? Instead of a boomerang, he has a... a slingshot. Slingshot. So this is, this is a ranger-themed brawler archetype, which is kind of weird. So at level 1, you get an animal companion. A full-strength animal companion. Which has to be the Mad Max dog. Obviously. And in exchange for that, you lose your bonus combat feats at level 2, level 5, level 11, and level 14. So you're basically losing all your combat bonus feats to get a pet. But he's adorable, Christian. If you pick the Mad Max dog. (laughs) Not if you pick the toad. Nobody wants the toad. (laughs) At level 3, you get maneuver trainings like normal, except your maneuver trainings apply to your animal companion as well. So your animal companion can be good at tripping people or something like that. At level 5, you can spend one use of martial flexibility and instead do a trick from the ranger skirmisher archetype. That's now niche. That, yeah, that is really niche. So some of you might not know what I'm talking about. The ranger has an archetype called skirmisher where they lose their spellcasting, but instead they get this list of tricks they can pick from and do a certain number of times per day. And these tricks will be something like entangling attack when you uh use this as a free action when you hit someone and they're entangled they'd be stuff like um try like comeback strike if you miss you get to try again at a minus five it's a a lot of really varied abilities and you can look them up under the skirmisher archetype for the ranger now to get this you lose close weapon mastery which is your ability to count your close weapons as your unarmed strike damage a few levels lower so not a big lose if you're using your fist. Because I still got my fist. Exactly. So how do you get these hunter tricks? At level 5, you also get hunter tricks in place of your bonus feats. You get one half your level plus your constitution modifier of uh, hunter tricks use per day. So you have to learn a hunter trick at level 5 in place of a bonus combat feat. And you have to spend a use of martial flexibility to use it. And then you can only use it so many times per day. Sounds like you love it. Um, it's okay. I mean, I like it. It's just a dude with a pet, which is what I wanted the hunter to be. <laughs> so this is actually what I was looking for, I guess. 
But, I mean, if you want an animal companion, you also want to punch people. I don't see any reason not to take this. It's pretty good. This, the skirmisher bit's, like, really niche. And, like, there's a lot of stuff you have to look up to do that. But, you know, if you put the work in, I feel like it's worth it. Is there is there an animal that punches? Gorilla? Me and a gorilla just punching, just pummeling this one guy. <laughs> no, please, I'm sorry. Well, that's I mean, the... I, I, get a gra- I get, like, a crocodile so he could do his death roll. Oh, Tr- cool. Try and get maneuver training death roll. Ask my DM for that. <laughs> See if I can do the death roll. <laughs> Listen, I live with him. I, he, he, he raised me. I'll take a feat. I will take a feat that just says I can do the death roll. Okay? <laughs> That's all the archetypes. Why don't we go over our two belts? I'll start with mine because I'm better than you in every way. Um. And also because yours will outshine me. <laughs> so I made a brawler that I actually had you help me out with some things because you're smart and intelligent. But those are the same thing. <laughs> this is all I do, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> that degree is actually... I, I tell people I have a degree in computer science. It's really a degree in Pathfinder. <laughs> uh, I made a guy, and this time I went into it saying, I want to make a riot cop. So I started out with an idea and then molded everything to make this idea. So I did level 10, just uh, level 11. My brawler here, he's 10 brawlers and then a dip and a fighter. And I'll show you that in a second. Most of my points are in strength. I even, I got to hold my heart, have a negative score somewhere in there, my <laughs> charisma, because I needed scores and other things. But, you know, I gave myself a little bit of wisdom and intelligence uh, and more con, because I need to I need to survive, man. You got to survive. Now, when you sell Riot Cop, like, what in Brawler drew you to being a Riot Cop? Was it the maneuver training, I imagine? It was. It was my ability to say, uh, right now I'm really good at tripping people. Oh, wait, now this guy is wielding uh he got a tomfo away from one of the guys i now am good at disarming so like imagine if you were a riot cop you need to be good at all those combat trainings it's like the riot cop stream right because riot cops don't try to kill people they try to disable people right or just try to like back off bro i got a tomfo i got a shield i'm gonna bash you in the face so that's really what drew me to that idea with these guys let's move on my armor real quick before we get into some of the class defining things i the reason i took the dip into fighter was so i could wear uh full plate mail so i've got mithril full plate and the mithril so that my checks aren't as destroyed as they would have been and i have a a heavy shield and i made it dark wood because i didn't want any more of the armor check penalties with both of these guys um equipped i only have an armor check penalty of minus two and the max desk dex is plus four and i don't have plus four anyway so it's you don't have any actually right <laughs> so it's it's just fine so i'm, I'm wearing all this and i'm not getting the, the major uh, minuses, thanks to Christian. And I got a tonfa because there's tonfas, and that's awesome. I'm so glad they're in the game. So you're treating it like a baton, essentially. Right, right, yep. And the tonfa, with my Fury Blows, I get um, I get five strikes and six. So I can really, if there's like, you know, we have a line of guys and they come at us, so one, two, three, four, I can really hit people. This is, again, like, I don't imagine my GMs would be like, okay, now you're in a riot cop and you're in a line. But this is just what I would have had if I was. And then, you, of course, you can use it in battle. As a retired riot cop. So to really keep in, in line with this is, you know, I'm not trying to do lethal damage. And Tonfos do lethal damage. So I picked the bludgeoner feat um, as one of my bonus combat feats. Because now I can do non-lethal with lethal weapons without that major penalty. Now, what's this power attack? Why would I pick this? Well, with the bludgeoner feat, I can now use a power attack to really smack somebody upside the head and do a real good non-lethal knockout, get away from me uh, thing. 
And then, uh, you know, just... You can martial flexibility, which means, of course, I can switch them out all I want. But, like, right now I just have Disarming Strike uh, and Tripping Strike and Gang Up. Uh, Gang Up was kind of the idea of a line of riot cops. Two of us are threatening him. Now we're flanking him. But Disarming Strike and Tripping Strike, so I'm trying to get the guy's weapon out of his hand and try to trip him. But, again, you change that to whatever I need to do at that moment. Um, I did, you know, you have to pick maneuver training. You have to... You have to commit to two, at level 10 anyway, you have to commit to two combat maneuvers. So I committed to disarm and trip because I figured those two would be pretty um, widely used by a riot cop. And thus, in my feats, I got improved trip and greater trip. I'm sorry, improved disarm, improved trip, and greater trip and greater disarm. So I'm really good at those two, but the flexibility still lets me use additional ones. I noticed you also have lunge, so you can attack people farther away. So the fighter also gives me uh, uh, another extra feat, and I pick lunge so I can hit people a little bit farther away if I need to get a shot in before they close in on me. One of the reasons that I suggested a one-level dip in fighter is because you could kind of achieve the same thing in brawler if you just took a heavy armor proficiency as a bonus feat. But there is a magical item called Sash of the War Champion that if you have levels in fighter... While you're wearing this sash, you treat your level in fighter as four levels higher when determining your armor training. So he counts as a le- even though he only has one level in fighter, he counts as a level five fighter. And at level three, the fighter gets the ability to wear medium armor at f- and wear it at full speed, and reduces the armor check penalty of armors they wear by one. So this is one of the reasons why he's running around full speed at full uh, in full plate, and his check penalty is so low. He only has a minus two wearing two pretty heavy sets of equipment. I also grab the boots of speed to get an extra, uh, uh, which gives me as if I'm affected by the haste spell for ten uh, times a day. And there's one last thing I want. Oh, and I also pick extra martial flexibility. And since you can only do that once, I also pick barroom brawler, which gives me one additional use. So I'm tripping people left and right. I notice he's also an Orid. Oh, yeah, made of stone. <laughs> intimidation factor. That's right, that's right. Come at me, I'm made of stone. Uh, so technically you don't have a penalty in charisma because or you'd start with eight charisma. So you actually brought that up by one. Did I do that? Yeah. I know. <laughs> you, 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 know you're, you were so intent on not having a negative. You were like, please. You, you know what it is? I have one point left and I can't put it in anything except for dex, I guess, and that doesn't matter. Yep, that's right, because next time I level up, I'm putting my point. Yep, yep, look. <laughs> when I leveled up, where you get an extra ability score point, I threw it in charisma. <laughs> I'm going to get it out of there. I'm going to do it next time I get... What's the next level? Uh, 12. When I get 12, that charisma's going to, to plus zero. Listen, guys, I'm really scared of negatives. So I, I like the idea. I like the execution of this. I think it's a really... Like, I always thought of Brawler as a glass cannon, mm-hmm. but you went for, like, a more tanky... Almost supporty uh, role, although you can hit people with the Tomfa pretty hard, like tripping and disarming. You focus on combat maneuvers. That could be like more utility than damage. Yeah, my Tomfa does 1d8 plus 5, so if I hit you six times, which is unlikely, but if yeah. I do. But you also have power attack on top of that. Right, I do. So, yep. Yay. And you, like, you don't even have magic, like, you don't even have a plus 1 Tomfa at the moment. No. Which at level 11, you'd probably have like a plus 3 at least, and then you'd have a belt of giant strength or something so it just goes up from there and i can flurry with my shield bash so i can just bash <laughs> people left and right <laughs> so with my build um like i said i see brawler as a glass cannon class that's how i went into looking at this uh i'm gonna hit people is hard. there like or made of stone is there like a race made of glass because <laughs> that would be perfect or have a 
alternate racial trait where they're kind of crystally. I guess that would be the closest you can get. It's like he actually you're made of sand, but then you fall into fire. Oh no! Now I'm glass. <laughs> so, so like I said, my idea was I, I wanted to be a glass can. I wanted to punch people. And I wanted to do a lot of damage. So I am a human brawler. Uh, the human wasn't for any particular reason. They just kind of fit every build. I didn't really have a strong build idea for this. Uh, the the flavor is that like it's an ex MMA fighter. That's what I was going for. So I love it. I love it. someone who you know they got their hands up and they know a bunch of different fighting styles. Wait, wait, I, you got the name wrong. Let me fix this. J O H N C A. And his name is John C. <laughs> Actually, the the, strang- <laughs> the strangler arc- to know. The, the strangler archetype is Randy Orton. You know, <laughs> he's slithering up. Where's he going? An RKO out of nowhere. Oh my God, he broke him in half. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> I, I only have six levels in Brawler right now. I wanted to make a more low power level character. Uh, the favorite class bonus for Brawlers and Humans is that you get plus one to your combat maneuver defense against two maneuvers of your choice. I chose Grapple and Trip, so I'm very I'm more difficult to grapple and more gr- difficult to trip. Two things that you I would figure would be happening in an MMA arena, and two things he has experience with. Yeah. Ever seen the movie Warrior? No. Oh my gosh, it's with uh, Tom Hardy. The guy who's like uh, apparently right now him and Chris Pratt, the Hollywood's just in love with right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he's he's an MMA brawler and woof woof. He's like he gets in the ring twice, just knocks him out, leaves before the count. <laughs> he is rough. Talk about a guy that's in shape. I don't know. It's PG thirteen. Oh, all right. So it's not quite NC seventeen enough for me. <laughs> so from human, I put my plus two in my ability score to strength. Um, for my bonus feed, we'll see what I picked. And then I get plus one skill point per level. The brawler gets four, which is okay, but I don't plan on putting any points in int because I don't need it. So the extra skill point is pretty nice. Uh, for my abilities, I have a base of 18 strength. After, you know, once I hit level four, I'm going to put a point in strength. And I've given myself a belt of giant strength, so that's gone up to 20 since then. My dexterity is 16. My constitution is 14. Actually, one of the reasons I pick human, I think, is because I dropped int to eight. Like, I really wanted those three physical scores, so my int is eight. He's not a very smart person. <laughs> uh, and his wisdom and charisma are ten, so I didn't even touch that. But he can he can punch real good. Exactly. So, as for my feats, you know, I got the pretty standard affair. I have weapon focus and weapon specialization on arm strike, so I do more damage with my arm strikes and I'm more likely to hit. I obviously have power attack. I took a feat called Dragon Style. It's the only style feat I plan on taking. And this is actually a pretty interesting one. The big thing I took it for is that when you charge, run, or withdraw, you can ignore difficult terrain and your allies, so you can charge through allies, which was a pretty neat effect. Also, the first time you hit someone in a round with an unarmed strike, you do one and a half times your strength to damage. Nice. So I don't know. I I wouldn't know how to flavor that. I mostly picked it because it was a strong feat, but I guess I would flavor it that like he had an Eastern, uh, like a fighting partner who had an Eastern style, and he learned it from there. Cool, cool. That like that makes sense. Like that that first connecting blow, that does something. Uh, The other two feats I picked that I really like were um, Step Up and I love that movie. Step Up. Yeah, is that why you picked it? Yeah, he plans (laughs) on dancing, and this is actually the exemplar archetype. (laughs) Um, but no, I took step up and following step. Um, step up is whenever someone takes a five-foot step away from you, you take a five-foot step toward them. And then following step is the same thing, but with less restrictions. You can still take a five-foot step on your turn. You can move up to ten feet. 
And the reason I picked that is because, like, when you think of someone who's fighting, like, MMA style, like, they're really good at footing and spacing. So when someone tries to back away, he's got his fist up and he does a little hop forward. And he's like, where are you going? Like, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Which makes him pretty deadly against uh, casters. Now you lied. There's a second board. There's a second style here. Oh, the, uh, this is actually a. I took this as a flexibility feat. So this is one of the ones I plan on taking if I need it. Okay. Um, there is a feat called Boar Style. When using the style, you can change your damage between bludgeoning and slashing as a free action. So if I need to do slashing damage with unarmed strikes, I can. And if you happen to hit a single foe with two or more unarmed strikes in one round, you do 2d6 bleed damage with the attack. That's nice. So it's kind of like a rend effect. And since I can flurry, you know, it's I have a pretty good chance of hitting someone more than once. So that's just one of the feats that I figured I would eventually take with my martial flexibility. If that's I, good. If something had DR against bludgeoning, I could be like, hey, boar style, rip them to pieces, you know, kind of thing. I see your maneuvering training is a grapple. Yes, uh, I want. That's the only thing I really wanted to focus on. I imagine an MMA fighter being good at grappling people. Mm-hmm. I'd probably eventually take the last one and trip. Or something else I figured they'd be good at. Yeah. Uh, skills, nothing special. I just kind of smattered them around. He's not a skill monkey. He only gets four skill points a level, so I just take stuff I feel like I need, like swim, climb, which he's really good at because of high strength. I have a few points in acrobatics, things like that. You gotta entertain that crowd while you beat him up. Yeah, <laughs> do those backflips. Uh, as backup weapon, I always use my fist, but as backup weapons, I always keep a sling on me in case I need to do a range attack, and I always keep a punching dagger on me in case I don't want to... Because sometimes you fight things like elementals, which, you know, a fire elemental hurts when you punch it, so I I want a weapon as a backup in right. case uh, something like that happens, or maybe it's a barbed enemy. Uh, for my armor, this is, this is really interesting, because monks could never do this. There is an armor enchantment called the Brawling Armor Enchantment, which I think was introduced with, like, the core rulebook. This is a really, really old enchantment. And all it says is that, you know, when you're wearing this armor, your unarmed strikes get a flat plus two to attack and damage. Hmm. Which is, you know, monks could never do that, which is kind because of, they couldn't wear light armor without losing all their bonuses. So it's right. kind of like a ha-ha, monk, you can't punch stuff, dude. But the brawl... <laughs> The brawler can wear light armor, so I have no reason not to take this. I just I just grabbed myself a studded leather with this on it. Cool. As per my magic items, like I said, I have a belt of giant strength plus two. I got this item called Armbands of the Brawler, which again, this is another item re- released way before the brawler ever existed. This is from Ultimate Equipment. And all it does is that it gives me a plus one confidence bonus on grapple checks. So again, I'm just trying to be good at grappling. I also carry around a few potions of Magic Fang. I don't have an Amulet Mighty Fist yet because they're really expensive. Um, and it just gives me a flat plus one to attack and damage rolls. It gives me an enhancement bonus on my fists when I trick the Magic Fang. Some other items that I was, as I was looking through, I saw it would be good for the Brawler eventually. would probably get on this character. I have no idea how to pronounce this word. Me De- neither. Delinquent gloves. Like there's delinquent, but this is like del- delinquent with this, the word scent at the end. <laughs> delinquent delinquent gloves all, all they basically said is that you do an additional 1d6 points of acid damage with your unarmed strikes so if I wanted more damage I would grab those and technically the monk's robe works on you it's a really expensive item and it basically counts your monk level as higher and I think it technically works on brawler so if I wanted more AC and I wanted more unarmed strike damage I would slap that on but like I said it's very expensive so in the end, uh, I activate power attack because I have that, and I activate my dragon style, and I run in and charge someone and punch them. Uh, I do 1d8 plus 14 damage with nice. my fists. Nice, wow. 
And I can flurry with this, and I can hit three times, so I happen to hit with all three. I could potentially do a lot of damage. Nice. I like it. I like the flavor of it a lot. The XMMA, I like that a lot. And why should why should it be X? I would love a campaign where it's like, you know, this is what you do at nights, and they come and they watch you. You fight some guy. <laughs> it wouldn't take too much time because uh, it's just one-on-one, and it'd be kind of like a fun thing. I think I, w- I would totally do this for my players. That's cool. I like it. And then they could all be like, yeah, you won. They could, like... You can, you know, the BBEG could come beat me up <laughs> as a story thing, like, ooh, mystery man entering the ring. <laughs> that's Sephiroth with a mask on. <laughs> I know that's him. I, I know that hair. I know that hair anywhere. <laughs> Here, hold my sword. Ah, poke some guy's eye across the room. That oh, that sword is so long. <laughs> but you get like you spend your money like on a party, and they're like, yeah, you won. You're like drinks for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. You did a great job. Fantastic. Ten out of ten. Thank you. All right, so that is our extra credit for for the brawler. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope we gave you some ideas. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you guys for staying for extra credit. You're dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. Visit our site for other great Pathfinder podcasts. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening.